Welcome to the Pivotal Moments Podcast, where we dive into stories of courage, change, and creativity. I'm your host, Greg Carlson, and today I'm honored to introduce a guest who embodies the spirit of artistic transformation, Stephen Eckert. Stephen's journey is a remarkable one. Originally from the Northeast, he made a bold decision to leave the predictability of corporate America behind. His mission? Change the world, one collage at a time. Now residing in Austin, Stephen is not only a talented artist, but also a dedicated youth soccer coach, nurturing the next generation, both on and off the field. In this episode, we'll explore Stephen's journey from the corporate world to the vibrant art scene of East Austin. How did his passion for art drive him to make such a significant life change? What inspires his unique collage creations? Stephen will share the story behind his artistic journey and how he's using his talent to make a difference. Additionally, Stephen is passionate about helping others unlock their creativity. Through his collage workshops, he provides space for people to explore their artistic side and express themselves in new and exciting ways. You can follow his artistic journey and get a glimpse of his stunning work on Instagram at GetLostCollages. Join us as we delve into the life of Stephen Eckert, an artist who's not just creating beautiful collages, but also inspiring others to tap into their creative potential. Welcome to the Pivotal Moments Podcast. So let, let's 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 tear it up, shall we? Let's do it. Um, wow, you're so you you grew up in 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 Baltimore. Yeah. So or did so, you just live there recently? It was. Uh, I grew up like in a suburb outside of Baltimore. Um, born and raised there. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And you lived in Austin for for about three years. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna talk a little bit about where you're at. Okay. And then how you got here. And then we're going to talk about, we're going to wrap it up with where you're going to ultimately go. So, so what have you been doing lately? Yeah. So today's, as I was mentioning, three years in Austin, very, very wild journey. Since I came out here, not knowing anyone, it was my intuition to saying, go to Austin. Dang. No family, no friends, no nothing. Yeah. But just like sitting with myself. Um, I was living in New York prior from 2017 to 2020. 2020 happened. 2017 to 2020. Yep. Manhattan, New York, or? Yeah, so Manhattan and also Brooklyn. Bro- so it. it kind of split the time between the two. Yeah. You know, a little event happened in 2020. So I got laid off, you know, moved out of the city. <laughs> just a oh, tiny, yeah. just a tiny guy. Yeah. Um, basically, I had a restart, you know, where I was like moved back in with my parents and I had a lot of free time. And that's where I realized I was like, I don't think New York is the best place for me. Mm. to thrive in the way that I know I can thrive in because the tiller some more of my, you know, vices mm. versus like me being like fully like comfortable with where I'm living. So I was having some health things like migraines and stuff like that. So there was like a lot of signs. I was like, Hey, you're probably not in the right place. And then it took me to get out of that environment to realize like, Oh wait, I don't think this is the right place for me. So then that's when took some time back in Maryland reconnected to nature, going on walks in the park, you know, just not sensory overload all the time since New York is just very. Yeah. You see 200 people on a quarter mile every day. And every like quarter mile. Yeah. basically like you would like go for a walk to clear your head. Then it's just like, there's so many, you see 200 people and you're like, Oh my God, that guy's like staring at me across the street. Is he going to like try and fuck me up or something? And it's just like, you know, it's just like all these thoughts all the time. And it felt really nice to just get out of that environment. Then yeah. I realized I was like, okay, I think I want to go somewhere that, you know, is more outdoor, where it's nicer weather. I can be outside, more active, and just chose Austin. Yes, dude. Yes. 
Wow. And, um, you know, your shirt, your shirt, we got to describe what we got going on here with yeah. the fit. All right. So you, yeah. it says get lost on it. Yes. And that's your brand. This is my brand. Yes. Very cool. So I'm a big believer. If you're not rocking your own stuff, then like, why are you even designing it? Like, so you got to put yourself on. Yeah. Uh, so this is one of the pieces of art that I made. Everyone was like, yo, you should do shirts. I was very resistant of it for a while. Then I finally make them. Then I was like, oh, man, like I got to rock this. And it's freaking empowering, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's cool. Where if someone's like, oh, I like your shirt. It's like, oh, thanks. I made it. And they're like, wait, what? Yeah. You made this? And I was like, yeah, man. I'm an artist. Yeah, I'm an artist. That's right. And that's what I do here in Austin is I became an artist where I didn't think that that's where I was going to be going. You you became one. Yes. You were not one. No. So by profession. Yeah. You know, so I believe <laughs> I believe we're all artists. We're yeah. all we're like we yes. We always create. We always like, you know, we create our lives, our memories, our experiences. And growing up, I was always crafting, always doing something. But when I lived in New York, I was Mr. Spreadsheets guy. I was working for a Fortune 500 company in merchandising, staring at Excel all day. And I hated it. Oh, my. I hated it. Dude, Excel sheets. Yeah, that's that's not exciting. No, not at all. And talking about sales, and I was working in kids' clothing. Yeah. That was my department. I worked at Macy's. And I was like... With all these like Long Island moms talking about like, oh my God, look at this holiday set. This is so cute. And I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe I ended up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't care. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> don't care. Don't care at all. And this is actually in this like realm. That's when I discovered collaging was I would go on these walks to clear my head and I would just look at the street art and all the torn up posters. And I was like, freaking A. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Dude. All right. All right. I'm going to say the quote again. I've been saying it a couple of times on here lately. You never know. When innovation is going to strike. Absolutely. So Here you are on a freaking walk. I was on a walk. Yeah. I was on a walk and I would just look at the art and yeah. I was like, man, I really love this style. I miss using my hands. I've been on a computer all day. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to an art store, buy a magazine, buy some glue and buy a poster board. Yeah. And I remember so much therapy and how meditative I got sitting on my floor in a tiny apartment on St. Mark's like 900 square feet sharing it with a roommate that's like should have been in the studio and like just listening to music ripping up magazines and just crafting oh whoa dude what kind of music oh man it, it's so like i'm so open. everything yeah, 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 I, yeah i'm like very open because yeah. like sometimes i like instrumental stuff sometimes you know electronic stuff then like or just whatever like recently the other day i did like classical music and i was doodling and i was like <laughs> So yeah, you got a uh, uh, your playlist is probably classical and then classic rock and then rap. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of just like whatever, kind of what I'm flowing to that day. Same here. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's hard to like pinpoint one. Right. So it's such a big part of the process, but I'm also absorbing. Like I like going into the musician's world that they created mm. visually, like see what comes out. Mm -hmm. Like when I go into their world, and can I like portray that? Okay. Got it. Got it. So, so just to wrap up the, the the gear here. Oh yeah. Um, you got. I noticed the the purple Nikes. Yeah. Okay. Very artistic, popping. And then you gotta explain what's the wristband going on. Oh, so I yeah. coach youth soccer. Yeah. And um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. One of the little girls that I coach made this for me. It just says Steven on it. And that's awesome. I thought it was just like a really sweet thing. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's just kind of a reminder. You know, just like. I, one of the reasons I coach soccer is like when you're around kids, you remind, you're reminded of that playful state. 
dude. Yes, it's a it's a it's gold, the golden years. Uh, it is um, an undervalued state, I think, and then we lose touch with that so fast, so fast, dude. The second you get in freaking what high school, gone, and then you get pressure, and then you're off your game. Yeah, and then I know in like high school, I was like skateboarder kind of dude that played sports so i kind of was like mr cool guy so yeah. i didn't really like fully express myself but like mm. i wear this and i'm like you know it's just a reminder it's special it's sweet yeah it was a gift yes dude and it was such yeah. a surprise when she gave it to me i was like well going back to what you were saying before simple things mm-hmm. simple conversation in the woods with a friend yeah. a simple gift that you get to wear in your wrist is a a, a simple reminder yeah right uh so I gotta ask, you do are you doing the art full time or is there anything else you're doing right now as far as um you know uh, business wise? Yeah, so business wise, pretty yeah. much art. Yeah. Then also I coach soccer. Okay, so, so those two things. Those coach, are the coach, two. Where do you coach? It's uh FC Westlake, just right over here. Oh, two seconds. Yeah, yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so that's cool. And then uh and then you're doing the art full where where do you practice out of? Where do you do your stuff? Uh, right now, I just got like a home little setup that I do. Um, I had a studio space for a bit, but yeah. right now, like I'm still in the building out phase. That's freaking awesome. And, and you also, coincidentally, yeah, uh, we were talking about this before we started recording, folks. Uh, Steven hosts vision board workshops, and uh, the lady friend of my life actually took it two weeks ago. Total coincidence, by the way. Yeah, we got a lot of mutual friends, Yeah, which is really awesome. Uh, so you're doing that as well. Yeah. Any other workshops like that happening? Yeah. So pretty much one of the reasons why I do the workshop is, as I mentioned, like that moment when I was sitting on the floor in the dark night, Yeah, I felt so much peace. Yes. And I yeah. had a moment where I was in Austin and I was kind of like working odd jobs since when I moved out here, I was like, I'm going to do the opposite of what I did in New York and not work a corporate job. Mm-hmm. So I've been like a barista. I, I worked at like Town Lake doing like kayak rentals. Like I've had a very like a lot of odd jobs. Yeah. And then like one of the nights I was just like collaging and I'll be like, this would be cool if I, you know, taught this to people or mm-hmm. showed the process that gave me a lot of freedom. And then I just had this idea of like, okay, what if I just made a workshop and pitch it somewhere and just see where it goes? Yes. And then that's yes. where collage and connect um, became a thing. Remember that collage and connect. Yes. Okay? Um, yeah. So those are the workshops that I've run. I think I've done like 40 to 50 in Dang. the past two years, which is pretty wild. It's a lot. Dude. It, yeah. And it's uh, like, <laughs> it's like it, every other week. Yeah, pretty much. And like, I've recently, like more and more places are just like, yo, you want to do this? And I'm just like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I don't care if it's one person, 20, a hundred, like I'm showing up the same way. Yeah. And like one of the first workshops I did, I had like two people, or I think it was like three people. Then two of them were my friends. And like, you know, it was just like the base. Yeah. Then like the next week, like when what where Austin like reshared a video and I'm like, yo, I'm about to blow up. Like this is huge. I had one person shot show up. To and then I I met <laughs> yeah. I was like on this high. Like I was like, man, I'm Austin verified, blah, blah, blah. Then I like get a text like, yo, you got one sign up. Like, do you want to keep it on or do you want to cancel it? And I remember I was sitting at Barn Springs and I was like, there's gonna be a moment that like defines where this goes. Because I can be like, no, it's not worth it. Or I can make this the best fucking night for myself and this person that decided to hang out with me. And I was like, if I show up for this one person, this is going to how I show up for a hundred. So I can't discredit how I show up for one person. And that, I want to explain my my perception of that. I think that that is spoken through the lens of a professional. Okay. 
It reminds me of the Red Hot Chili Peppers when they were being interviewed. How when he's up there singing, he's singing to the person all the way in the back. And no matter how big or small the place is, he's giving it his all every time. And they're a pro and you're a pro because you have that same mentality. And I got that mentality from musicians where it's like, if you think about the come up. What for the, the, are you serious? Yeah. Like, wow. I, I like, I yeah. very like, I've admired <laughs> musicians and to the point of like, how do you show up in the small venue? Yeah. That's where you earn your chops. Yeah. That's where people start talking about you. Since how you perform live is how it spreads. Yeah. Since like I've gone to shows, I knew nothing about the band, but I remember them by the way they showed up. Mm. So I'm like, how do I show up no matter the size of the crowd? It reminds me of the principle of, or is it a principle of mastery? Maybe it's a theory of mastery. Regardless what it is, it's it's doing your best and doing it over and over and over again and refining along the way. Mm. No matter what the outcome, you're focused on the process. Yes. Yes. And you're doing it be- and you enjoy the process. You, you fall in love with the process. Yes. And I think the process... <laughs> Because that's what like the creative people are like, oh, what's your creative process? It's like, it's always changing. It's always redefining. And I've yeah. just become, I don't know if obsessed is the right word, but it's like, I just love going deeper and deeper into my process and see where I go, where I feel like that's like true craftsmanship. Obsessed is the right word. It is. And in this case, it is a good word. Mm-hmm. That a lot of people shy away from for some of They're taught it's a bad thing. No, you're either obsessed or you're average, in my opinion. Mm. And I think that's why, based on what you just said, I kind of was like, is this the right word? You know, kind of staring away from it. But it's like, I like could do this all day, all night, talk about all the time. And that's how I know I found some. Yes. That yes. feels very true to me. And, and peer review here, the, the, my mutual friends that took the class uh, all gave raving reviews, by the way. I'm Seriously, they're that. like, that was a- a- amazing. It was very meditative. It was so much fun, and then and then how you connected everybody in the room together, and like they all made friends and stuff. Very well orchestrated. Yes. So your recipes is working. That's so Very cool nice. to hear, yeah. uh, especially from like outside of like you know you weren't there, right? But you heard about it. Yes. And that's like such a like that makes me feel so good. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Because it's like kind of like the field of dreams. Like if you build it, they'll come. Then yeah. like. I, when I first started, I had like two people and now I'm just like regularly doing this and created this environment for people to do a thing that I love to do as well. And it's cool to just be like, know that I have the trust in myself to lead something that will be a good time for everyone and also not be so heavy. Like it's a lot of times with like art, people are like, oh, I'm not artistic. I can't draw. I can't blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, dude, you can do whatever you want here. Yeah. Like collagen, the beautiful thing is we can't copy one another. It's actually impossible. It's possible. So it's Literally like, impossible. it's such a good like entry back into creativity because it doesn't matter how it comes out. Yes. I always say like, like the weird, the better. So let your mind go there. Mm-hmm. Since like a lot of times we don't have permission to go there. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, if you want to rip the cover off this book, rip it up. You have full permission to fuck shit up however you like. And it's That's like, good. it's very liberating. It's very, because a lot of times people are like, oh, can I do it? And I'm just like, no, do it. Go, go into Rip. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like. You put yeah. on some disturbed, you're like, get down with yeah. the sickness. Come on. Yeah, it's just like, destroy it. And like, I've had moments like that where like, I know I've had like, the you know, like the disturbed phase or whatever, like pop, not pop punk. 
but like you know that kind of like inner angst like music yeah and i've just like ripped stuff up and you can you can see the rips oh it's, page it's amazing and, and, and like they or they rip I, I, how am i trying to say this it's expressed through the rip. Absolutely. How you do it is expressed. And it's Definitely. so intuitive as well, where it's like, I tell people all the time, it's like, hey, don't try and rip a certain spot. Like, yeah. just let it happen. Yes. And like, you might just have like this part of the eye and you're like, this eye is really fucking cool. Yeah. Let me put that on there. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Let's, yeah, this is good. This is good. So, so, okay. We got, I think we got a very clear picture of where you're at, what you're doing, what you got going on. Let's, let's throw it back. Okay, we'll throw it back. Yeah, let's, let's go digging in the. What's the term? How do? What do they say on the on the rap songs? Digging in the crates. Oh, the like the the record crates. Yeah, is that what? Oh, is that what they mean by that? Digging I, in the crates. That's like, like Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing. No, what? I always thought that was like a, a. Let's throw it back. Let's go digging in the crates. But I maybe I'm just mistaken. Doesn't I, matter. Yeah, I don't. I, I get what you're saying, but yeah. my first thought is like, you know, how you like dig yeah. for the gems in like the record store. Yeah. It's like you're. So, I guess we're going to go digging for gems then. Yeah. Let's, let's do, do it. Let's go let's dig. dig. <laughs> let's go digging. So, yeah, you, you grew up in, in uh, up in up in Baltimore. And uh, you're, when did you leave? What age were you when you left? So I born and raised there. I left um, in college to go to Arizona. So I went out west. So around 18 was when I formerly left Maryland. 18, 18. Did you live with both your parents growing up? I did. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Are they still around? They are. And yes. they're still together? Yes, very lucky to have them. Both still around. Yeah. Both married, and they've been there pretty much all my life. Yeah. And I'm, I've am i met countless people throughout my life that yeah. have not had that situation, so I try not to take that for granted. Well done. And what's their names? Don and Pam. Don and Pam. Shout out to Don and Pam. I know they're going to be listening. Hey, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, okay. Okay. What was it like? Do you have any brothers or sisters? Yeah. Older brother. One. one. Yeah. What's one. his name? Michael. Don, Pam, Michael. And where's he living? He's in San Diego. San Diego doing what? He's a graphic designer. All right. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Artistic. Mm-hmm. And what was it like growing up with your parents? It was a very... Um, welcome, welcome in loving home. I would say, like, my, so, my mom stayed at home. She didn't work. Yeah. Um, she ran her own business, stained glass artist, and now she does interior design. Huh. She was always available. My dad was also working at a grocery store. Worked like three a.m. to noon, so that when he was off, he could be around yeah. like us. And like he was always taking us to the baseball games, playing whatever sports. Like very available. And they made a very conscious effort to try and like just make a like loving household and also be able to try different things. And my mom was always giving me like just random crafts and sketchbooks. She's reminded me of this um, that she's like, oh, I was always making art with you guys and stuff like that. And yeah. Very um, accepting of whatever avenue we kind of wanted to go into. So my brother and I skated in like middle school, high school and a lot of parents would be like, no, don't skateboard. That's dangerous. But they're just like, no, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Who'd you look up to as a skateboarder? Ooh, great question. Um, I think Mike Moe Capulti. Who's that? Um, He was like on Lakai Girl. I think that was just like, at the time, he was like the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, So I think it was like, I just want to emulate his skate style. And I would just like spend hours watching skate videos, like outside of him. But like just obsessing over skateboarding. And I think that's why, like in hindsight, looking back, I'm so like programmed to just put in the reps 
to try something yeah. before you get it. Because with skateboarding, to learn how to ollie, you got to do it like a thousand times. Dude, that's the first trick and hard. You have to do it repetitions over and over. And, and fall and hurt yourself. And, and then you find that you can get back up. Yeah. And I found that that's been like, I think one of the factors of why I've tried so many different businesses and things like that, because I've just like, no, like, hey, if I show up and put in the reps, eventually I'm going to land it. Yeah. And I think that- Huge lesson. Huge lesson. Yeah. The tortoise wins the race. You just keep going. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. keep going. It might be slow. A lot of times it is slow. Mm. Because fast is like, sometimes every time I've tried to go fast, I get burned. But if I just like, you know, trust the time in of the universe and just let it play out the way it needs to, still learning that one. The, the, I think I could be wrong. I think I remember my buddy who was in the army saying something about fast is slow. Smooth is fast. Yes. It, it's like a Navy. So it's funny you say that because a few weeks ago, my friend that was also in SEAL training yeah. gave me that and I wrote it down. So talk about like, Bro. and that's what I've been thinking about where it's like, um, smooth is, is it smooth is slow, fast is something like, yeah, it's like along the lines of like, you actually go faster when you're slow. Yes. Because you go more smooth. Cause you go more smooth. So focus on smoothness folks. Mm -hmm. More of that story. Yeah. A little bit of slow, you know, slow down and be smooth with it. Then you'll actually go faster. Son of a gun. <laughs> what the heck? freaking good dude and that's wild that you brought it up crates keep going yeah yeah no since <laughs> i just like he told me that and i've been like thinking about like okay how can i go slower yeah because like i know we want to be do 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 all the time but it's like i know if i'm just being that's where i can actually really like move yes yes that reminds me of this quote let me be still enough to experience and this is not a religious show. Um, to experience God's presence, to you know, what is God? You know, it's different for everybody, right? More of the story is, you know, when you are present, you're moving a certain way, and you're allowing those things to happen. You're allowing things to to be less frictional, to glide, right? And you can make such better decisions that way, right? Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, snap, dude. <laughs> Yo, we're tearing it up right now. Yeah, well, we're going in. We're yeah. digging. So, oh, oh, go ahead. What are you saying? Yeah. I was going to say with stillness, you know, since for a while, like, I didn't know what God was, yeah. you know, and yeah. I, like, mm -hmm. don't want to make it religious or anything, but I think in stillness, that's where I found it. And it's something much higher. It's not tied to one thing. Yeah. It's just a greater state of being of yourself. And there's books that have been presenting themselves to me lately about being still i think one of them is called stillness is the way oh is that the ryan holiday book it could be yeah. more, but there's a few of them out there and they're floating around they keep it's like should i read one of these because this is the third time i heard about a book that talks about being still <laughs> it, it's it's wild because like a lot of kind of like what we we're talking about earlier where it's like a lot of the downloads like get is when i'm still and also clearing out the mental chatter so stillness doesn't necessarily always have to be meditation yes meditation's phenomenal but it could also be journaling it could also be walking it could also yeah. be um writing your thoughts down and things like that and the more that i can clear out my mind and become the awareness of all these thoughts and realize that i'm not actually the awareness dude that's oh, freaking gold it's freaking yeah everybody i want to encourage you to maybe even replay 
what Stephen just said? Because that is solid. That's a great proactive tip. That is an activity you could do, folks. If you're if you want to get something done, write down all the chatter in your brain, declutter your mind, and then let the the innovation flow. Absolutely, yeah. You've got to put in a little bit of work. You got to earn it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, I think. The mind's a very fascinating place because, you know, it could be your worst enemy or your biggest hype person. And sometimes if you're in that worst enemy state, like you just need to get it out onto the page and you read it and you're like, wait, I'm tripping right now. Yeah. This is not who I am. No. But it's just, you know, a little thought progress that happened and it's better out than in. Mm. Well said. Well said. So you're in elementary school and um, how did that go for you? What, what, was there any challenges that came up for you when you were in elementary school, maybe with any of the teachers or just any of the social circles or anything like that or any habits you might have had? I was really shy as a kid. You were shy? Yeah. And what did that do to you, being shy? I think I was just very reserved, and, you know, and I was afraid to use my voice and, like, speak up and, like, be heard. How and come? Like, so I think it's very, like, I think as a kid, from what I was told, I had really bad hearing. Um, so I wasn't able to process like English that well when I was like in the developmental ages. This is, you know, just what I've heard because I don't recall being two and being like, I can't speak. You know, like it was just apparently like that stunted my speech. So I would have to go to like speech classes and stuff like that to just practice speaking because I was behind. Mm. So I think that didn't give me the most confidence knowing that I was kind of like not like formally speaking, apparently like. I would say something in my head would be like, hey, today I went for a walk, but then I would just come up to you and be like, blah, 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 and then walk away. And people would be like, what did he just say? Apparently that's what I've heard stories. So wow. I think that could be one of the reasons of like just the shyness from what I've understand and asked some questions about my past. But pretty much I was just pretty shy. And once I became friends with people, of course I opened up, but it was definitely like a big like trait of mine that it was like, I was quiet. Yeah. Okay. You're a quiet guy. Can, can you hear now? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm good, yeah. You're good. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I talk too much now. Like, wow, is that? Um, I think it's just because, like, Nuts. I think I, like, got to a point. Yeah. I'm a great listener as well. I didn't ask why, yeah. by the way. I just said, how wild is that? Oh, how wild. Yeah, how yeah. wild? Because you, you went from not being able to hear, and then it just it started working? I think I just, like... It's kind of like the opposite of how things work. Yeah, Usually work. it gets worse, but it got better. Because I think I just like by getting out of my environment, yeah. like moving to Arizona, not knowing anyone, moving to New York where I didn't know anyone. Yeah. I just build confidence and putting myself in new situations. And when you're yeah. in new situations, if you want to make friends, you got to talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Very cool. So um, when did women into your life or partners or anything like that? When did that happen? Um, so right now, like I've been single for a bit, um, but I had, a, you know, how like a two-year relationship? Well, two-year relationship. In New York? In New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was recent. That was in... in the past couple of years. It was well, like... When did it first happen? It happened in... Like, that was probably the first real one. First real one? Like, since, you know, I had like, you know, we have things with people and stuff like that, yeah. like off and on in college, but like yeah. first like actual relationship where like, you're my girlfriend. Right. I would say 2018. So it was probably like... 23, 24. 23, 24. 23, yeah. 24. Okay, so we're not quite there yet then. So let's bring it back. Let's let's talk a little about what was middle school like for you? I mean, you're in middle school. What was the name of your middle school? Uh, it was Glen Oak Country School. Glen Oak Country? Yeah, so right. this is a... Uh, yeah, we got yeah, to talk a little about how you felt every day when you walk, would go in a, in a middle school 
and then um you know you know any any tribulations that you might have had while you were there oh i yeah i feel like that was a very um interesting time in my life because i was a ginger i had like the justin bieber cut yeah. and i was constantly getting bullied for like got ging- bullied. yeah like gingers have no souls and stuff like that and like it was basically like for having a different color hair Dude. people just like picked me apart for that and that built up a lot of anger and a lot of angst so what what specifically would it look like in one example for of the bullying if you visualize somebody doing that you you have their face in mind what would they say essentially it would be like shut up you ginger like i would just say something just like that yeah just randomly and they're being mean oh yeah Okay. And well, like, these were like anti-cool. my- Anti-cool, that's uncool. Yeah, it was like, these were my friends too. Like, we'd just be at lunch and it'll be like, oh yeah, you see the game? And it's like, shut up, you ginger. And it's like, what? What? Like, just because I have red hair? It was really it fascinating. repetitively. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And and you're getting, you built up anger. Mm-hmm. How did you release that anger? Um. So I, not proudly, but sometimes I would bully other people and just filter it through. You did? Yeah, it was not cool. Dude. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, I, I'm not proud of it, no. But like, there was like, you know, I think like hurt people hurt people. So Damn. I think I was hurt and I just. Remember that. Remember that. Here we just said, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So you're, you're in this, it's kind of a dark place, man. Oh, You're yeah. going in there every day and it's like, I don't know, I'm getting picked on crap. It sucks. Yeah. And uh, you started just dishing it out to others. When did that ultimately stop? When did you, or and how did that even happen? It was like, how do you get over that? Well, I think like you know, I expressed open up to my parents. I was like, hey, I feel like I'm just getting teased all the time. Then also, I'm like outlashing at other people since I would end up in the principal's office, like with my friends, like for lashing out randomly. Then basically, I just like got to a point where it's like you were lashing out. Yeah, I would, I would say, well, it was more like I was just like, you know, taking my anger out and maybe just dishing it out to someone that didn't deserve it. And you went to the principal's office? Mm-hmm. For that? Yeah. Wow. So they, they, they were on to you. Yeah, they were, well, it was there also was no like, undercover it was like a small, like, school. Yeah. Like, it was like a private school at the time, and like, <laughs> it was like, basically, <laughs> I had- knew each other. Yeah, I basically just like- Oh, the way I got out of it was like, we're just like, we're just going to change schools. Like, this is not the. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, you changed school. Oh, my God. It was the best thing ever. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Change the environment. And change like, the environment. There's a theme here, by the way, that I'm noticing in our conversation. Ooh, this is going to develop into something pretty good here. I think so. So, all right. You, you, you're like, you said, I, this is not good for me. It's toxic. I don't like even who I am. Talk to your parents. You got help. Yeah. You said, this is my real life right now. I don't know what to do. And I said, well, let's get you out of here. Because they're very supportive, like you said. Absolutely. Yeah. You went off to another school, fresh fresh slate. What was that school called? Wild Lake High School. Wild Lake? Yep. That's a cool name. And what was that like? So uh, first year, I didn't know anyone. And like, talk about being the super shy kid. Like, I did not really make friends that first year until I started playing baseball, which was in the spring. Yeah. And like, I've always found like, playing a sport or finding a common interest such a great way to make friends yeah and then like up until like the baseball i was definitely like you know kind of loner kind of awkward kind of like sus you know where i'd just be like because i didn't really talk and i didn't really like i was trying to find my way in this new place that i've never been so it was intimidating Mm. then after you know the baseball season started i started making friends and then i started playing soccer again 
then that's when it like really like, oh, okay, high school is pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's also sports was the pivotal pretty much yeah. thing for you. Absolutely. You just tapped into something that was, you know what? There's a lot about sports. I would say that it's forward and upward energy, right? Because you're getting better at something. You're, you're focused on something that increases your skills. And those skills uh, reflect themselves into your work, into your personal life. And it's, it's all positive. It's all positive stuff. Absolutely. It's great. Kids in sports stay out of courts. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah. uh, all right, that's cool. That's cool. So um, no more anger at that point in time. Or I, diminishing I think, anger. Yeah, it wasn't as like angry at the world. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely felt more like at, I don't want to say at peace because, you know, it's still high school. They're still like finding out who you are and things like that. And I feel like the anger thing was always kind of lingering. Mm. And then like recently, like a year ago, I realized I was like, oh shit, I kind of had a lot of this that I pent down for a long time. So how else did that show, show up in your life? Uh, you know, post, post high school and such. Yeah. So I think a lot of frustration came from me with kind of just like, I wanted the world to be a certain way and things like that. How do you want it to be? Well, I feel like we all want to like have our own versions of like, this is Steve's world. I agree. And like, I just want to see it. Like, what does Steve's way. world look like? Mm. That's, I think it's more about the the things that, let's say whatever events going on in my life, I want it to work out the way that I want it to work out. So it's not like a, this idealistic, like there's statues of Steve everywhere. And you know, it's not like world domination type like that, but it's just like, oh, I wish no it judgment. went. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it went like this way. Yeah. And then the more that I've been finding out, like a lot of things I don't have actual control over. Yeah. And then like um, last year I stopped drinking and I felt everything that was like suppressed. Dude, like, so you were suppressing it with alcohol sometimes. Uh, absolutely. So How often. Um, so it went in waves and phases. So like I didn't end up like, you know, basically ending up in a ditch, being up a hooker type like scenario. I was a casual drinker, but in New York, when I was like kind of not in the best headspace, like working a job I hated, I would drink like four to five times a week, like just kind of get through, you know, happy hours, late nights. So that phase of New York was a lot of drinking mm. and it was a lot of suppressing of what I was feeling. So it was always kind of like a lubricant for me to not feel. And over time, that compounded, that compounded, that compounded. And then once I took that thing away, after like the first month, that's when it all started coming up because I actually gave it space to like be addressed. And I was like, oh shit, I've had a lot of pent up stuff. And it's all like a lot of little stuff that just would like irritate, irritate, irritate. Then basically it was like, oh shit, now I have room to actually go through it. Like, so we're talking about like going into the cave, like, can I go into the depths of that and feel it? Because I never gave it space to feel. Yeah. Never gave it space to feel. Reminds me, I I, I went on a, uh, or I, I paid for a one-hour clearing session with my friend Charles Clay. Oh, Charles is great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, boy, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> Small world over here in Austin. That's cool. Yeah, and he was like, Greg, here's something I'm going to encourage you to do. Stop trying to run from the feelings instead lean into them more feel more feel fast i said okay coach i'm gonna do that and it was very helpful and here you go you're doing that 
Uh, were you aware of it? You said, I was running. I was running all the time. And then you chose to stop. Like a lot of my 20s was just running. What exactly happened when you stopped? So it was New Year's Day. And basically when I moved to Austin, I cut back my drinking a lot. You know, moderate drinking, one to two beers. Like not like nearly as bad as it was in the past. Yeah. Um, but I just had a moment where I was like, had like two drinks and I was like, man, I just don't feel good about life right now. You know, like, I don't like this, like, you know, the hangover, whatever, like the mental state that I felt. And then there was this interview that I watched a long time ago when I was living in New York, a John Mayer, Jerry Lorenzo interview. And they talked about their sobriety and creativity and how they just had this moment of like, I love waking up on weekends and know I can give a hundred percent. Like I can choose to be having a good day. And that interview was just like a seed that planted. Then like I had a day where I walked to the lake and I was just like, what would happen if I didn't do this for a year? And the answer made me very excited. And I go, fuck it. I got, I got to let go of this thing. And it's like a thing that like, that's, that, that's like, it's my thing. Like I was like, I love drinking. I've had awesome times with it, memories, friendships. It was a big part of my life. It was really hard to let go of, but I knew in order for me to go where I wanted to go, I couldn't be bringing it along. It felt like the toxic ex that I kept on texting here and there being like, Hey, what's going on? You know, but I was like, what would life look like if I just cut it out? Yeah. And it's been a wild journey. Mm. When, if you were to describe where you wanted to go, you said in order for me to get where I want to go, I need to get rid of this. Mm-hmm. Where'd you want to go? Well, I think it's like being the fullest version of myself and not run. Like, can I look at the person in the mirror and be like, I fucking love you. Yeah. And not be like, oh, I'm ashamed of this person since a lot of life. Like I had moments where I didn't really have the most self-love. I saw outside of me for that love. I ran to the bottle to feel the love. I ran to other distractions and vices to feel love. But then it's like, if I want to truly love myself, why do I do something that knows that it's like, Poison. All right, I don't want to say po- poison. No, yeah. dude, dude, it's poison. It's, it's poison. alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol is a poison for the human body. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it makes you not perform well. If it was a, if it was not poison, it would make you perform better. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I wish I could, like, keep it in my life, but I just looked at it black and white, and I was like, if I cut this thing out, I know I will feel better, and I, if I feel better, I know I'm going to live better. Yeah. Like, if health's the top priority of mine, I can't do something that's like made me feel bad. Can't do it. It's not in alignment with who you are. It's not in alignment with your purpose. Yeah. Dude, we got to talk about purpose for a second here because yeah. this is freaking fired up. Uh, y- you probably know. I'm going to take a shot in the dark here. Confident guess that you know what your purpose is. Yeah. You have clarity on that. Mm-hmm. You do, right? I do. Yeah. And then, you, oh my gosh. So, see, when you have clarity on your purpose, it is very easy to have self-accountability. And recognizing when you're doing something or investing time in people or whatever that is not in alignment with that purpose. And it makes it even more easier to say, you know what? Whoa. Nope. No. Because that's not me. Mm -hmm. And that is a powerful statement that more people need to say more often. That is not me. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to go carry on this way. Yeah. And like with the drinking thing, like. It was a phase of my life. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. It just got old. All right. And uh, to your point, it's not me anymore. 
Yeah. And it's like, hey, I'm evolving. I'm growing. I feel like I'm really connected to my purpose now. Mm-hmm. I, this thing's holding me back. Mm-hmm. I've held myself back for way too much of my life. I'm going to share something with you here. Yeah. Just because uh, I think it's relevant to what we're talking about. So I, I, I changed my social media to where I don't have anything negative on there or anything distracting. Anything on my social media, even my like Instagram search page, all it is is cars and food. Because I like cars and food. Yeah. There's no like, there's no chicks on there or anything like that. Cause it's, you know, it's like a distraction. It's a dead end street. Um, my, my, my TikTok channel, whenever I scroll up on TikTok, all it is is people that I want to emulate. That's it. People that are like super successful or, or positive mindset, whatever. And what I noticed was a thing that they don't drink. A good handful of them don't drink at all. And you can look like Donald Trump. Dude never drank, right? This guy, Chris Cavallari, he's a bodybuilder, fit guy, doesn't drink. And he's put it, well, he put it best. And this was it, the pivotal point for him. He's like, why do we celebrate by poisoning our bodies? He's like, that makes no sense. That is so dumb. And I'm like, dude, thank you for empowering me because this was in my, deep in my subconscious and I always wrestled with this. But because you're just saying this and then this guy's saying it and that guy's saying it, I'm like, you know what? I'm not freaking drinking anymore. And it's been a year. It'll be a year and in, uh, in 12 days. Congrats. No drinking. Yeah, dude. That, dude, that's so cool to hear because I'm like a year, just past a year as well. And it's man, freaking amazing. It's amazing. Dude, it's so less stressful. It's so less. Like the my anxiety has gone down. Clarity of life. Just in there's that awkward. How, did you feel that there was like this like unletting go of the bottle? Like it was, your it, was experience? it was a social tension. Letting go of that. Because there's that damn pressure. It wasn't the vile thing for me. It was more that. It was uh, like, you know, you go out and, and you think to yourself, well, what are people going to say? Are people going to give me a hard time? How am I going to go ha- hang out with my friends? You know, that's what it was. And then literally a month into it, it, I said, this is not a big deal at all. And everybody gets it. Everybody's cool. It was the li- it was lies, you know, that we tell ourselves about that stuff. That's all it is. Isn't it fascinating how the mind creates that story that you're like, you're not going to have your friends anymore if you don't do the same with them? Yeah. It's pure trash. <laughs> yeah. Is it, it is. Yeah. Fear. Fear is the biggest liar. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless it's healthy fear, you know, like don't jump off a cliff. That's pretty healthy. Fear. Or a tiger's attacking you. Tigers, dude. Those things will mess you up. They'll fuck you up. Don't mess with tigers. <laughs> so, um, cool. All right. So we talked a little bit about where you're at right now. By the way, uh, if you look at Steven's Instagram page, um, you got you to gotta check out the art that he's putting out. The real deal art pieces. I mean, it is phenomenal, dude. Like that Jim Carrey piece you did, it's freaking amazing. Thank you. Like you would, anybody would be honored to hang that in their house because it is, it is beautiful and creative. So take pride in that, man. Thank like you. you really should. It's, it's top tier. Yeah, inventive and creative. It's yeah, very nice work. Um, so yeah, where are you going with all this, man? You know, what's the big picture? What's the why behind it? Mm-hmm. I think kind of what we talked about earlier is like I'm obsessed with my creativity, and it feels like my way to express myself in life. Yeah, where it's given me permission to really just open up all these ideas, all these thoughts, and just let it flow. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like okay. I've had a lot of time to think about life, process life, and I feel like I've distilled some messages that feel very true to me, and I want to share that with the world. And art helps me 
get out of my own way where it's like I have this get lost profile where it feels like permission to be like, oh, I can express myself freely and not have it be judged for like me, Steven, if that makes sense. Where it's like, that's my outlet to like inspire, to create and going down the road. It's like continuing my practice and just evolving that craft. You know, it's like making art that is top tier. So thank you for that compliment. That was really awesome. And um, it's really cool to see people value the thing that I just really enjoy doing. That's cool, dude. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I meant it. I meant it. Um, so, you know, you're impacting people, you're helping people with your workshops. Um, you're, you're sharing a lot of positivity in the world. You're connected with other positive people. So there's, there's the proof that what you're doing is working. Okay. Um, when you wake up every morning, you get up out of bed and you, Someone like you, I know it's true. You've got a fire inside of you that makes you want to do good and be good and seek right action. What is that? How do you describe it, what it is for you? The fire inside. I think it's just... That's a great question. It's something that I've never like really thought about on how to wait, like a way to describe it because I'm human. There's some mornings. I don't want to get out of bed. That's okay. That's totally cool. Maybe I just need some more rest. But I know like it feels really good to live a life that I'm proud of. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what helps me get out of bed is the fact that I know I'm making an impact on the community. I'm expressing myself freely. I'm finding time for stillness. I get to move my body. Like these are all amazing things that I get to experience and get to connect with people and just have this human experience. Dude, oh, I got to let this go before before I forget. So my coach said that so, that we all, no, it was somebody else on the podcast actually. He said that we're all driven by an emotion, okay? And you said, because you feel a certain way, okay? And that feeling is associated with the word pride, proud of yourself. Now here's my golden question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you measure your success and apply it to, to being proud. Ooh. So this is something I've been actively working on for the past, like or all my twenties, I would say. But I know when I was living in New York, I was quote unquote successful. I was working a job on paper. Amazing. You know, like big company doing this X, Y, and Z had a relationship, had amazing friends. But then I realized that wasn't my definition of success. A lot of times we inherit a narrative or this answer of what life should be. Like, what is success? Well, there's that standard answer that everyone has. You know, it's like financially freedom, blah, 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 you know, whatever. But then I realize I'm like, wait, what is my answer to success? Well, it's definitely like fulfilling relationships, doing work that feels really good to me, having a positive impact on the community, much more connected and not so much like status driven. And once I was able to reframe that and be like, okay, I'm spending my time in a meaningful way that feels true to me. Now, my answer is not going to be your answer and you should have your own answer. But I always like to ask people like, what is your answer to it? Because a lot of times we feel that there's this like overarching answer. That's the right answer. But it all shifted when I actually was like, wait, what's my answer? And now, you know, the proudness, 
it took time for me to build because I had to prove to myself that I was doing those things that made me feel successful. And sometimes like, I don't feel it because I'm not like stopping and looking back and being like, oh my God, look at all these things I've done. So that's been a practice of mine of just being like, yo, like continue to tell myself, like, I love myself. I'm proud of myself. I'm enough. I'm worthy. You know, and so simple, like just I am statements to reassure. Then also to think about like, okay, why am I proud of myself? Well, it's like, I keep on showing up. I don't have to keep showing up. I do the things that I say I'm going to do. And like that, like to me, like the way that you speak to yourself will dictate a lot of your reality. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I think that definitely ties into how do we actually win? How we actually win is by the way we play the game, not actually if we win or lose the game. It's how we freaking play it. Absolutely. And you have your own set of rules you've created and you know how to play the game and then feel proud on on how you uh, did that day, so to speak. Uh, and that also reminds me of the other thing. that, Like, like, like our self-confidence comes with the promises that we keep to ourselves, right? So talk yes. about being shy as a kid. Why I have more confidence is because action creates confidence, like reps, like yeah. me going out and trying the thing that I'm scared of makes me realize I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I can post a video of me recording myself, sharing my thoughts. The first time I did it, I was scared shitless. What are people going to think of it? Blah, 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 all the mental chatter. I've done it so many times now, I don't even think about it. It's because I've done it so many times. Done it so many times. So let's play a little experimental uh, psychology game here. The reason we're doing this is because I've heard two different principles that are very similar. The first one is be, do, achieve. Be the person first. You know, work on yourself, then do the action, and then get the achievement. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you a question here. We'll see if we can debunk that. Um, how did you say you got the confidence in, in your skateboarding? By trying. By, by trying? Yeah, over okay. and over. Over and over again. So you didn't actually have the you weren't You were not the confident person. You couldn't be the confident person until you did the action, mm-hmm. right? So in this case, folks, it's actually do the action first. Do it. Then you become the confident person. Then you achieve what you want. Mm-hmm. So it's actually do, then be, then achieve, right? Yeah, and I think they're both interchangeable. They are interchangeable. Since sometimes, like, I try not to be scared of doing something, but then sometimes I'm like, no, just do it scared. Then you'll be. But then sometimes, like, for my art thing, like when I first started, I told everyone I was an artist before I even sold a piece. I stopped telling people I was a barista or a soccer coach. I was like, I'm an artist. And I like, Boom. I was like, I'm being it before I'm an artist. Yeah. So like I've done both, yes. you know, so sometimes you just need to prove to yourself by action to be it. But then other times, like, I'm like, no, I am this. And I just tell everyone. Then eventually like, you're like, oh yeah, you are doing it. I like how that ties into there not being a lot of black and white things in life. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of gray area. Oh yeah. Right? So sometimes it is do, be, achieve. And then other times it's be, do, achieve. Right? So having that awareness is very important. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're in a chat with yourself. Let's say you know, you're sitting at the breakfast table and then you look over to your left. And there's you when you're six years old. You're an impressionable young man. And you're going to talk to yourself 
for four minutes, what are you going to say to yourself? It doesn't have to be full four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Let, let's get the timer. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what would you tell yourself if you could talk to you today? Yeah, so I've actually done this a few times in meditations and stuff like that, and it's very, very healing to be able to be that person that that person needed, like that younger version of yourself. Just be there for them and just be like, hey, if people don't understand you, just know that I got you. No matter what, no matter what you're getting thrown, I got you. And I think about that six-year-old self. I'm 29 now, but then I also think about the 39-year-old self visiting me right now, just being like, hey, man, it's going to work out. Yeah. And it's having that perspective of past, present, and future. And I've had times in my life where in a certain moment working at the, the cubicle where they had no windows and I was like, what is life? Very existential. Listen to podcasts, just trying to find the answer. And then I just hear a whisper to say, hey, man, it's going to work out. And now, like past year, I had a meditation where I visited myself in that moment. So talking about like alternate, you know, out there stuff. Yeah. I revisited that version of myself and I told him, hey, it's going to work out. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. So it is just being. It's working out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, always, always does. Right. So it's, you know, just being there for that version of whatever age, whatever person, whatever you thought was a big deal and other people didn't think it was a big deal, just know like, hey, I I got you no matter what. Like, I am here for you. Present me, whatever we're going through, just know I'm always there for you. Cool. And it's very, very empowering yeah. because I don't want to turn my back on the little version of me. No. No. No, no self-parenting. Yeah. It's a, it's a under-known activity. Not many people understand the concept. I didn't even know that was a term, but that describes no? it perfectly. Yeah. You know where I freaking learned it? From who? Charles Clay. I, I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like literally like self parenting, big brother for yourself. Where it's like, why am I going to abandon little me? That's me. Yeah. It's awesome. So, man, this is really, really good stuff. Um, who's one person? Oh. No, no, quick question, quick, okay. super quick. Who, who, who's another favorite local artist of yours? I mean, dude, it's it's hard to like just pinpoint one. So I think the whole community yeah. is very inspiring. Yeah. Um, just because we were talking about earlier, like gosh, out Rich, um, I feel like he is further down the path, or just long. He's been in the game longer, mm -hmm. so I definitely like look up to the way he does things, the way that he puts on for the community, and that's essentially down the road i just want to be an impactful force the way that he is he's yeah. been on the podcast and if i like you know since i don't want to like dodge the question or whatever everyone influences me in this community it's been very welcoming very open um but the way that he does things it's like i don't want to like copy his playbook but it's like i want that type of feeling that mm. impact that environment that he's created that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Rich, that guy's, uh, he's definitely an inspiring guy. Great energy, very vulnerable, easy to connect with, mm -hmm. right? Down to earth guy. Do you know Phoebe Joint? No. Oh, man. I'm going to show you her stuff on Instagram. Wait, is it like Phoebe, like spray or like? Phoebe and Joint. Phoebe, okay, or, yeah. Or Phoebe. 
Phoebe and Jay. Jay. Oh yeah, I know. Okay, so it's funny. I know like a lot of their handles. Yeah, but yeah. like don't actually know their names. It's okay. funny how like the art community is. Like she's from Upstate New York too. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, her work's insane. I don't think freaking good, right? I don't know if I've actually met her, but like her shit's fucking sick. It's sick, right? Yeah, yeah. Here, and I just had a light bulb go off. I think it'd be really cool to have you, Rich, and her. I'd do an artist edition of this. I'd be sick. And have a freaking round table. That'd be badass. That'd be really cool, right? I would love that. To pin, yeah, let's let's uh let's put that in the air. Let's do that. Yeah. And uh, last question I like on on, on the seri- more serious side of things. And who who's somebody that you want to meet that you haven't met yet that's alive? Who's somebody you would want to sit down and grab coffee with? Ooh, man, that's a fascinating question. Um, since I like, I feel like there's not like a person. I'm I don't get like too starstruck where it's like I have to meet this person. Yeah, that's fair. But it's, and and it's all about maybe. There's something about them that you want to ask them question, one question about, perhaps. Why did they make that decision? Or how did they get where they are? Um, I think I'm just going to, like, do, like, the hypothetical dead or alive type thing. But, like, I think it would be uh, one of my grandparents, my grandpa, like, I never met. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of, like, random questions. Yeah. Like, so I feel like that could be cool or talk to my other grandpa that passed, you know, just one more time. You know, like, as a more grown up. Didn't really like get to fully cherish all the like memories with the one that passed. Mm-hmm. Then also, there's one that was, I never met. Dang, that'd be cool. Yeah, right. So, wow. and that's why we're doing this right now, you know, because you might meet somebody in your family way or not meet somebody family in your family way down the road, and they can listen to this and get a better understanding of who you are, man. Yeah. Um. So, so cool. yeah, it is really cool. So the grandpa that you never met, where where was he living? Uh, in Maryland. So like yeah. my, my mom grew up in the same town I grew up in. Yeah. And so her dad? Yeah, her dad. And you never met him? Yeah, never met him. Dang, dude. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? You remember? Oh, uh, put him on the spot. Yeah, why am I going blank? Look, I had grandpa, I had Papa Boo. Papa Boo. Wait, I had a Boo. You did too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had we Papa Boo. Boo. And uh, I only met him one time, I guess, and he had like one picture and then, you know, I was like, a half a year old, and then he died, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't really know him, um, but at least I know his name. Oh, so God. get it together, dude. Dude, this is bad. That <laughs> <laughs> would get parated. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what what kind of legacy do you want to leave on Earth? Let's say it is 100 years from now, and you, you wanna, you've got a deep message to share with everybody. What is that message? I think, like, legacy is such a fun thing to think about, where yeah. it's like, and I've, you know, through the you know, exploration in myself and going the depths is like, you know, of course I want to be known for the things I built, you know, art I created or whatever project I'm on. But also like a lot of times people will reflect about the way that you made them feel. Where the stories associated with that person and the energy that they brought up. Since I know there's like the ego's mission of like, okay, yeah, I want my artwork seen around the world and everything. But like when I'm gone, they might mention it, but they're going to remember how I showed up in rooms. Yes. So it's like, mm-hmm. can I be a force of love and joy and just make sure I spread that? Yeah. And like you were asking about purpose earlier. And I remember in the past, I had like a very ego driven purpose of being seen, being known by the world. But then there is like the soul's purpose. I like to describe it where the soul's purpose, which I found in meditation was, dude, I'm just here to spread love and joy. That's my purpose. Just yeah. make someone smile today. Yeah. And it makes it so much easier to live life. 
it makes it a fun life. So much more fun because when I was focusing on the, you know, the mission driven or like measurable, like purpose, it felt like I was never there. Yeah. But I am there. Yeah. We are enough. Yeah. We are enough where we are. Like just because I'm not in, let's say a gallery in Japan or something. That's an outcome again. That's an outcome. That's, that's the mission driven ego goal. Mm -hmm. But right now, I'm in galleries in Austin. That is so fucking cool. It's cool as shit, dude. That is cool. <laughs> like, that is more than enough. So yeah. if I'm here, why don't I just kick it with everyone that I interact with? Just make, like, love myself, spread some love, spread some joy, be understanding, share my story, and just relate to people. And that feels like my mission is just, like, be a vessel of that. Yeah. And it yeah. makes it a lot easier for me to just, like, be... Be a vessel of that because it makes it easier to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Well, folks, uh, you hear here first. Stephen, how do people get a hold of you? Yeah. So Get Lost Collages on Instagram, TikTok, websites, getlostcollages.com. Um, yeah, I got artwork. I got some prints. I do workshops. People can purchase your artwork? Absolutely. Your original pieces? Yeah. I got originals. Oh. I got prints. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything's available for sale. Cool. I'm not like attached to be like. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Open for commission. So if you got an idea, yeah, let's uh, chop it up. And uh, yeah, and you can make some art yourself. Freaking cool. Guys, uh, wow. This is this is an incredible episode. Thank you so much for, for listening in today. Uh, if you if you like this episode, make sure to drop us a five-star review, please. And uh, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and uh, Stitcher Podcast, all, all the things. Till next time, Austin. Cheers. Cheers.